Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cold Topics, a podcast for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cold Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Bridget. And I'm Colleen. And today we have Josie Bissett, who was on Melrose Place, among other things, among all these other great things that she's done. She has been in lots of different Hallmark um, television series, series, series of movies kind of special. A wedding. It was the wedding. Wedding march. And there were like four or five of them with Jack Wagner, who was also on Melrose Place. And I, I loved Melrose Place. I was telling her that I would watch my, the kids shows with my son in the morning and then put him to bed and I would watch Melrose Place. <laughs> she was trying not to yes. fan a girl too much. Oh, I loved Melrose Place, you know, and she played such a sweet character, but she's just- And done. she's super sweet in real life too. I mean- She is. So that's- What a joy. You know, she really is great to talk to. And- she also is a children's book author of a very popular book, Tickle Monster, that Colleen okay, and I guys, both guys, think like, about that. Like the yeah. Tickle Monster, you either read it to your kids, your nieces and nephews, your grandkids. She wrote that. And it's yeah. timeless. Like, and it's very well known. You see it all over in different places in bookstores. So she's really, she's done a whole lot, you know, and also a new empty nester too. Yes, so, we talk about that. Yes. And she is going to be on Fantasy Island this Wednesday, yes. the 12th of the September. New Fantasy Island. I'm going to watch that. Oh, I do too. I was checking, you know, I see where it's streaming. And um, she also, well, it's on Fox, but I think I could catch it like on Hulu or something. Probably. And She's also on there with two of the other uh, women that were stars. Daphne Zuniga and Laura Lighton. And the show's actually called The Big Five O. It's like the three of them are going to celebrate their 50th birthday. So it sounds perfect. It's just perfect for this, for us, for our audience, for us women. So guys, definitely check that out because I think we're all going to enjoy it. And yes. I'm excited for that. And she's just a really down to earth. She lives in Seattle. She's going through the transition of empty nesting. We talked about menopause. We talked about the books and her, you know, her career and her kids. Who she has a daughter named Maya, just saying. We have a lot of common. <laughs> Good taste we need today. to be best friends because we have a lot yes. of common. Yes. And she was very honest about kind of being in a place right now where she's transitioning and she's trying to do it in a way that's maybe a little slower paced and not jumping at every opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. And And it's okay to sit in that, you know, for a while, it's really okay to sit in something and feel the feelings, you know, that, that people have. I just think that that's a great attitude. It, It seems like sometimes people are pushing you to get rid of a certain emotion, um, but you just sit there. Sometimes it's okay to take it slow. And I think exactly. that's a great message. And we talked about those privileges and rights that we get in midlife and beyond. And she was very open and honest about them. And she's on the cover of the inaugural issue of Ask Beauty magazine. So she talks about her, you know, plant-based diet and how healthy she looks stunning. I mean, her natural beautiful, yeah, stunning. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we're going to let her do the talking. And here we go. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today, guys, we are so excited. We have Josie Bissett on, and many of you will remember her from Melrose Place, but she is a busy woman, and we are excited to talk to you about the new things you're doing as well. So welcome, Josie. 
Thank you so much. Great to see you guys. Well, it's it's wonderful to meet you and to talk to you. And I wanted to start the conversation off first because next week you are actually starring in one of my favorite shows and they're doing a remake, Fantasy Island. How did that come about? Yes, I know. It was such a special little experience that I got to have um, and in Puerto Rico in the middle of, you know, this coming out of this pandemic and getting to work with Laura Leighton and uh, Daphne Zanega, both from Melrose Place, um, was just wonderful. I'm not sure Fox, you know, this Fox, obviously the show was on Fox and Melrose was on Fox and maybe they, uh, you know, three women having their 50th birthday party. Uh, we were a perfect fit. So it was, it was, it was a journey, definitely. Like, to not only do the, the script itself was a journey of all these characters of what they're going through, um, turning 50 and the different aspects of where they're at in their life right now, but also just working with Daphne and Laura. I haven't seen them in, in I don't even, in a very long time. And so it was just lovely catching up with them and in their lives and reminiscing about Melrose Place and all of that. Oh, it is, must be so strange yeah. because you were in your 20s when you were doing Melrose Place, and now you're doing a show for women celebrating their 50th birthday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I was 21 when the show started. And we were sitting there together, and I said to them, like, this is incredible that we're, you know, oftentimes women, especially in our industry and actresses, you know, we're on film. It's hard. You know, it's hard to watch your, you know, it's one thing to age, right? We all age, but to see it in your, like on camera with high definition and, you know, that's how I look like what? So it's, you know, it's, it's tough. And, um, you know, I, I would hear a, a lot. I noticed that people our age or, or women, when men don't, of course, you know, cover it up with their beards or whatever, <laughs> you know, oh, you know, talking about we're getting so old or this and that. And I thought, let's embrace it. Like, let's celebrate it. Let's be thankful, first of all, that we're here, number one, and that we're like still acting and still look okay. And, um, you know, instead of feeling down about it, let's just like celebrate it. And so I really tried to do that myself on this episode. It's so important to do that because I think, thank goodness, it's still not where it should be, but you are seeing more women our age being in shows and being on TV. It's still not where it should be. I don't feel like it is, but it's, it's very encouraging to see that happening now. I'm just so happy about that. Yeah. And the movement, you know, I I noticed there's just more of a movement with women not wearing makeup and, and being on camera with just absolutely nothing with, because there's so much social media and so many people doing their own uh, posts or whatever, and just being themselves. And I think that's so cool because that's not how we really look on TV. So I love that that we're getting more and more comfortable to just like, this is who we are. Um, in real life. And oftentimes I find it funny. Like, I feel like I look better in real life than I do on camera because you know, you're off a character. You may not like the way the hair is done, you know, exactly what angle you like. And, um, yeah. So I, I do love that. I do love that movement of women just being, not feeling so pressure, so mm-hmm. much pressure. 
we often say because we are living longer than we ever have before that the media and really society, they don't know what to do with 50 plus women. They don't Mm. know where to put us. They don't know how to advertise. Even though we are powerful consumers, they don't know how to advertise to us. We're kind of defining it for the next generation, for our daughters, who I also have a daughter named Maya. So (laughs) it's like a good choice. Yes, good choice. But we're kind of doing it for the next generation so that they feel comfortable and confident as they get older, that they don't have to look a way that's not natural for them. Well, I really hope that we're doing that because I think our daughter's generation, I mean, imagine growing up with Instagram. (laughs) Oh Everything you, yeah. you do being recorded, every all the stupid things I did as a teenager, then somebody could have recorded that and shared it with the whole world. And having yeah, been, yeah, not only that, but just the pressure that they what they see with all the filters and, and all of that. They're all they're so aware. I also have a stepdaughter that's thirteen, and I watch her go through it. And it like kills me. It's like, oh, I don't like this or this, or look at this on me. It's all they focus on. And it's because it's in their face and they're comparing themselves constantly with other women. So, or other girls and it's all filtered and it's all fake, but yes, there is that natural, but I think it's us doing it. And I don't think they've caught on yet. I agree. Hopefully it will, but it is um, the 13 year olds. It's, it's really hard. It's hard to watch. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, it's tough to be that age, and then it's even tougher that now it's all for everybody to see, and it's very yeah. hard to control that. They, they all have fake accounts, spam. Oh yeah, like we don't and know. What, yeah. It's hard. It's hard <laughs> not to give them a phone because you uh, want to yeah. know where they are and you want to reach them, or if they're if they've yeah. got whatever they have going on. It's really hard to say no electronics. Uh, it's just like it's so yeah, hard. Like it is one or the other. You go live off the grid and homeschool do Waldorf or something, or you yeah. try to have a balance. And I watched this documentary one time on uh, Alicia Keys. I think it was one of Oprah's master classes or one of the, one of not master class, but one of her interviews. And it's just always stuck in my head. And I, you know, wish I'd done this more with, especially my daughter, um, both of my kids actually. But, um, she said, I, she was, she was, uh, raised by a single mom and her mom worked two jobs and she goes, I didn't have time to get into trouble. She was like, get off that bus after school, walk through, you know, whatever area in New York she was living in. And, you know, people like, Hey girl, you want to come over and do this? Or whatever. And she's like, Nope, I got to go to music class or I got to go to. So she, her mom had her just in things, busy, busy, busy. And you know, there's a fine line to that too, but it, at the same time, if they're not busy doing things that they're going to be on their phone, like if they have a phone, they're mm-hmm. going to be wanting to be on them so they can connect with their friends and you know, all of that. So I think that's the key is just keeping your kids busy in, in um, um, sports and music, whatever it may be, whatever they're into. But just right. busy. It's, it's hard because it's not a reality on Instagram, on Facebook, on Snapchat or TikTok, whatever they're doing. They don't understand, no matter how many times you say it, that this is not reality. These people are showing you a happy moment when yeah. there's still 24 hours in a day that you don't see. That's right. And and it is too, it's neat too. They have all these connections and they stay connected because it is like my daughter who's 19 has a whole different experience with it than my daughter who's 13. Right. And I can see that. I tell you, like if I was their age and looked at it and was home on a Saturday night, just because I didn't get invited to something or whatnot, 
it would really, really affect me. I would be, mm-hmm. I really think, I, I don't think I'd do well back in those days because you're growing and you're like your tribe at that age and your friends, they're so meaningful to you. They're so important to you. They, they matter so much. And so if you're not included in something and everyone's having all this fun, you just, I feel for him. I really do. I, I think do. it's a really tough time. It's interesting how you can note the difference between a 13 year old and a 19 year old. Cause you don't think that there's that much time difference between them. Yes. The younger it's the TikTok, right? So they're always like doing these dances and they're really, really good. And I think it's actually cute that they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love that. But, um, yeah. And then the older, I'm not sure. Cause Maya's in college now doing her thing. And she's like, God, college is harder than I thought. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of yes. which you are now an empty nest or I think your son's about to go back to school. How was yeah. that experience for you? You know, you hear about, you read stories about women going through that. And I always thought I can't wait. Like I've given everything to raise my kids and I have so many passions and I'm going to be, it's almost like when people say, well, I don't, I'm not going to know what I'm going to do when I retire. Like, really? There's so many things I'd want to do. That's kind of how I felt about, but that is not how it is. Like it, I mean, walking by her room and she's not there and it's just so, it's just so different. It's so weird. It's so weird. I mean, so thankful that she's just, you know, an eight hour car right away. Cause she's in Boise and we live in Washington. So I feel kind of like if she's on the East coast, that would be hard. However, I do live in Atlanta as well, but, um, Oh yeah. Like it's, it's got, I've, I've had a hard time. Like it takes a little bit of getting used to, but I have cleaned out her room and now it is my office. Cause she has a better view. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, uh, great. That is yeah. great. I, I, I have a room for both my kids and they don't live here. They haven't yeah. lived here for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know I, I need to set up a room for her. I just, I'm still getting settled in this just kind of moved herself, but mm-hmm. It's like in your stomach or something. Yeah, like I know that exactly what you meant yeah. when you said you walk past their room and they're, it's empty and it, it's just, it's, it's something in your body that just yeah. feels really strange. Yes. Yeah. It's a, just a bit, it's a loss, right? It's a loss. Right. It's a loss. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's a loss in your, and it's, but it's great. Like, but it's also just this, it's a new time, right? It's a new time in my life too, to, to grow and do get back into another series, um, which I'm excited about. Um, but I realized I was talking to my sister about this. I couldn't figure out, I kind of, you know, when you kind of go through funks and you're like, God, what's wrong? Like, I don't feel quite right. Like I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of, I just, you know, and I'm usually pretty good at like understanding where, what, where my emotions are. But for a long time, I'm, just like, what is it? Like something's not, I don't feel quite right. And it dawned on me is that I felt like when I raised my kids, cause that's what I wanted to do. So when I was, when Mason, well, I was five months pregnant when, when Melrose ended. So it was a really easy transition for me because I didn't have to like decide to quit a show. It was like, I did seven years on the show. And then, you know, three months later, I got to have a new chapter and be home for him and raise him and, and all of that. So I really took parenting seriously because I, I really actually love, 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 love kids. And it's where I feel I'm at my best. And I realized that that was my purpose for so long. And then, you know, like when they get to be 16, especially they, when they're driving, they kind of don't need you as less. They need you for money. They need you for guidance and all of that stuff. And then the next step is like, they really don't need you. 
They just don't, you know, it seems that way. That's kind of when I started feeling this funky funk. And I realized like, I don't really know what my purpose is now. Like that was my, like, what, what's my purpose now? It's, I feel a little bit lost. Like it's such an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of women sit there and they get so focused on what they lost. Like you said, that they don't realize right. that you can feel that loss, but still be excited to look forward to something next. It's okay to have those feelings simultaneously. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think it's important. You're right. And I, and I, I do feel that way and I'm excited for you. I'm just so much transitions going now, but once I can sink my teeth, once I get my move settled and sink my teeth into my next project, it's going to feel so good, but it's difficult being in these transitions in life and being unsettled and it's okay. Like, it's like you said, you know, now I know it. Now I know what it is and it's okay. Like I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to be in it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to experience all those feelings because I know I'm going to be super busy onto the next project and it'll be awesome. Yes. Yeah. And they come back. Yes, they do. Colleen knows. Colleen knows. Yeah. Yeah. I have two daughters. My uh, my daughter just got married. She's 25. She got married this past weekend. Amazing. It was was surreal. It was absolutely surreal. It was beautiful. It was beautiful too. And I have a 23 year old and Bridget's kids. She has a son and daughter. My son's 28. Okay. My daughter is going to be 26, like in a week. So, Not, <laughs> and okay. they, they don't live here. They live pretty far. Well, my son's in California. My daughter is in, just moved to Austin, Texas. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And we're in Nashville. So, you know, oh, it's. Oh, you're in I'm, Nashville? Oh, yes. I am dying to go to Nashville. Oh, come I, by anytime. Come by. Um, it is, it is I, a wonderful place yeah. to live. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing just so many amazing things about it. Gifford was, I remember one of her last days on the Today Show, she was like, I am the most amazing like place. This Nashville is like the friendliest people. So much fun. She just went on and on about it. And I think Atlanta is pretty close, isn't it? Like it's, it's four hours. hours. So you have some, you have Fantasy Island coming up. You were just on Ask Us Beauty magazine, which was a yes. gorgeous cover. So thank you. So well, I was just going to say, Michelle, who who's the founder of that magazine, is just such a wonderful person, and so happy to meet her. It's one of those situations I look and learn from because it was it was it was a quick hey, you know, my publicist said. There's this online beauty magazine. They're wondering if you want to be on the cover. Um, it's about, you know, real quick, it was a real quick thing. And I didn't really look into it much, but I said, yes. And it was, it turned into like, what? I'm on time, Times Square. Like, <laughs> what if I'd said no? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was a good lesson because I had no clue about it. And I was so, so happy to have met her. She's such a wonderful person. And all the women in it are just super inspiring. And, um, it was a good lesson in saying yes. Right. Just, you know, just staying open to opportunities and, and going down that path of, of yes. And self-care, I get you on that because it, it is, I love self-care, but I, I have a membership. No, I I did the spa. I did a campaign during Melrose place at this incredible spa here in Washington. And I have free lifetime services. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Jealous much. (laughs) Yeah. You would not, you guys would probably be the same. You don't, I use it to get my hair colored because I have to have my hair colored. I use it to get a cut. I use it for the things that are essential. 
like for women, but I'm not in there getting massages like I should be, facials like I should be, right? That is the thing. It's like, we have to remember that, I don't know, like for me, you, you, when you said that, it's like, yeah, that's right. It's my time. It's my mm-hmm. time to give back to myself and, you know, not, I immediately, cause I love, I love work and I love what I do and immediately turn to, uh, like pounding the pavement again. And I said, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to take a year to give, like, take care of myself, read books again, watch movies, do all the things that I didn't get, haven't had a chance to do for so many years. And I'm still like trying to balance that out because I want to work, but I also want to do that. Like part of me, I have an Airstream part of me um, really, really like wants to get in the Airstream and just go for a while, you know, just, it's still Sprinter van and just yeah. go and bring a bunch of books and magazines and do whatever I want. And we'll see if I do that, but <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. And, and you can try it. You can try yeah. it. And if yeah. you're like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was. Exactly. I can do whatever yes. I want. Right. Yes. And it doesn't always have to work out. It can just be an experience. Have you found that your confidence has grown now that you're kind of in that midlife stage? I do. I feel, um, I don't know. Mostly what I've noticed as I get older is I really don't care about what people think. And it's such a liberating feeling. Um, I really don't care. And, and I, and even, yeah, I care more about what I think. Like I'm more hard on myself, right. Than anything, but I'm, yeah, I just, it's just not that meaning. Like it, it doesn't matter anymore. I, I don't, if someone's judging me or if they're not who they're probably not like whatever it is or whatever I'm going to do. Um, you know, I just, it doesn't matter. And I think that's, pretty key getting older you hear people don't care anymore you know it's nice it's nice to have that freedom inside right like we live once we're here like it's a sliver it's like boom yeah now is our time to just live it live it up and live life and love life and do all the things that we couldn't do because we're raising our kids and putting all that into perspective and and priorities like that's always my I have a hard time there's I have passion so many passions and my therapist, which is really good about like <laughs> telling me, get your priorities straight, right? Because I can right. do all these things, but I don't, and when I do that, I'm half-assing all of them instead of like fully, you know, so mm-hmm. they're so much available now when you're an empty nester, right? And right. that world is like in my hands. So I have to prioritize just what, what's most important for that me right now. That is such on. a tough one. That is a tough yeah. one. Exactly. Uh, exactly what you said, because everything, there's all the opportunities. All the shiny objects. Yes. <laughs> when we were having a conversation with Leslie Ann Warren, she was saying, you know, as she gets older, she really picks and chooses what she wants to do because she, if she feels that passion for it, she knows it's the right choice, yes. but she has that privilege of saying that's good, but it's not going to, it's not going to fill me up. Like I, I want it to. So she picks and yeah. chooses and she's a little more discerning about the projects. She doesn't like to travel as much. So she may not go abroad to tape something or it's just a privilege right. that you earn. And you can that's just- right. Yes. That's, that's so true. And I feel the same way. And I, and actually I've, I've done that since my kids were born. I've had to, I've made that choice to, not live in LA, um, to raise them in Washington, which automatically sets me back as far as being able to audition in person. But I consciously made that choice. So I feel like my whole life, 
as an actor, I've been making that sacrifice to only choose projects that were going to work for myself as a parent. Now it's kind of opposite. Now it's like, well, gosh, I can go anywhere. I can choose anything. However, I wouldn't ever want to do any of the like damsel in distress movies and things that are like emotionally hard. Like I'm just, I, I just want to do lighthearted things right now. Just for now. That's really interesting <laughs> yeah. because you know, when you started your career, you were 12, you started modeling and you kind of fell into acting. Now that you're going back with this new charge or passion, how is it different now? The Hollywood and the acting world and auditioning, how is it different now? <laughs> Well, it's so different. (laughs) I'll tell you this. So I interviewed to, I'd see, it was 1992 um, to play Jane Mancini. I have not auditioned since then. Since then. So during all that time, right, it was still in-person auditions. You go into the room. Now then slowly, slowly turned into self-tape. And now with pandemic, obviously, it's all self-tape. I've never done a self-tape. I don't know how to do it. And I need to learn, obviously, but the, and I'm not saying like, Ooh, look at me. Like I, I never auditioned. I didn't because I just chose projects that were offered to me. So that's why I do a lot of Hallmark. You know, that's why I did the, you know, anything that was offered to me, if it, if it was, if it fit into my schedule, I, I, I did it because I needed to make money also. And, um, uh, Vancouver is two hours away. So I love working in Vancouver and that's where most of the Hallmark stuff is. So that worked out great. It's funny. I was going to ask that because I noticed everything. I thought we talked to Mary Lou Henner. She was, oh, yeah. um, she was doing something in Vancouver and I thought, does Hallmark she was doing the mysteries. The Hallmark. That yeah, is so really Henner's good. amazing. She's, she must've been fun to interview. Was she? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was I so nervous she, because I said, Oh God, if I say something stupid, she'll remember it forever. <laughs> she'll never. <laughs> so that was on a Tuesday, November 2nd. Oh shoot. And you were wearing this. Yeah. It is wild. That She's was the, so that was fun wild. to interview though. Yeah. What, she was very what a joy for mm-hmm. life. I mean, it's just, yes. Yes. It was infectious. Yes. Yeah, I saw her at a uh, premiere or a Hallmark event one time, and I, I had to tell her this because she said some. She said a quote somewhere in one of her books, and it was her dad or her grandfather that told her this: that life is how you react to Plan B, something like that. So, and I, I for some reason, it's I live that way, and I teach my kids that because most of the time we're not going to get Plan A, right? We want mm-hmm. Plan A, like we want this to happen. But but most of the time, like that's going to happen. And it can be even small things like, and I don't know, it's just so it's how we react in life to everything. Right. It's right. I, I told her that she, she loved it. Yeah. Oh, it's it yeah. is so true, though. It, it is. And it'll be easier if you just kind of, okay, things go aren't going to be perfect. Just right. go with it. And that that reminds me when Colleen's daughter got married Saturday night and oh. we're sitting there with all her husbands and her husband danced with the daughter. And I looked drunk. Every one of our husbands was crying. <gasps> like every my husband, tears, eyes, oh, all the men uh, at me. our table were crying. They all had daughters. And none of hers was like the first one to get married, Mm -hmm. her daughter. And we're all just like, my husband's like, it's like, you can't (laughs) hold it in. (laughs) And of course they danced to butterfly kisses, which is just the song. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm watching them and my daughter wipes a tear from my husband's eye. Oh, that did it. All the men. (laughs) 
All the men, they, they, that was not part of their plan. And I was like, well, I brought tissues for me, but I, uh, here you go, (laughs) you know, to my husband. Sweet. It was really sweet. Yeah, they're they're realizing they're next, right? Yes. Yeah, it's it's surreal because you blink and it happens and yes and you look back and you say okay you know my daughter's 25 now and you look back when you were 25 you're on Melrose Place like and they did not have social media so anything that you did was not taped you're very lucky in that respect Mm -hmm. yes what was it like living your 20s on Melrose Place I mean it was all consuming really I mean I I had that just little my life in a box almost it was went by like that and I worked and I was married I got married to Rob so of course I didn't know I was going to get Melrose so we planned the wedding and all of this and it was on the Friday May 1st I think it was and then I started work I got Melrose and started the Monday so it was just like I got I think back like my son's 22 I was married and on a show I don't know how I just, he would never be ready for that. Like, right. Just, right? Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I know as far obviously I'm not married now, so I wasn't ready for it, but I, I was growing right as a person, like in my twenties during that time. And, you know, there's something to be said too, about like milestones and, and um, living, living your life sort of as the age that you're at. So because I started working so young, I didn't go to college. So right out of high school, I was in Japan, then in LA and like everything happened, just happened so, so quickly, super, super driven. And I wanted it to happen, but like I missed out on certain parts of my life that I think were really now, now as an adult, looking back, I needed, you need those times, those Mm -hmm. times to grow in college and, and, be in dorms and figure out who you are and party and have fun, right? Like I've been working so hard for so long. And that's why it's so important for me, like this time right now to allow myself to get to just do whatever. So I need to just remind myself that every day because I still get up and like, all I think about is working and what I'm going to do today. And, you know, it's just part of my personality, but yeah, those, those, my twenties were, um, getting married, being on Melrose. And that was kind of it. Yeah. And it's so wild. I mean, I, I don't know if y'all ever thought that Melrose place would be as big as it was. I mean, yeah. I had a, I got married at 23. Okay. I had a baby at 25. I was watching the stuff that the T. Barry Brazelton in the morning, right. <laughs> which you did. With, yeah. And then I was at night when he was in bed, I was watching Melrose Place. You know? was, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think it was so popular? Because what, and would it be popular now? I know they tried to do yeah. a remake of 90210, but. It would, it would have to be just different now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think it was popular because, um, well, the success of 90210 was was what launched us into Melrose, right? So we were a spinoff, essentially, of that. And I, you know, timing is everything. It's like that book, I don't know if it's that Blink book, but if your time and the characters are all the right characters, all the characters mesh and have chemistry, we can't make that happen. It just, it just is. It's luck. It's timing. It's... Um, everything like syncs up perfectly. And I think that's just why that show and maybe why any show is a success. And I think the beautiful part of it, what I love hearing stories about is just, it was such a show where people got together because we didn't have a way to record things. 
and there wasn't a lot on TV and people actually like came to people's houses to watch it and met mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. college dorms watching it and all mm-hmm. that. I love that. So yeah. I just, yeah, I think it was just a combination of the the type of show. It was like kind of racy back then and the fashion and the characters all. Yeah. And it was different. It was a dramedy. At first it wasn't though, because first it was, we didn't have that sort of crazy element in it. And when we, I think when the producers and writers figured out, oh my God, this is working, like the sort of like the wig thing and the, the, you know, the the crazy things that that probably would never happen in life, but mixing them into reality was just different than any other show. And yeah, I think that was a special little thing. And then when Seinfeld did the whole thing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, do you ever want to play the Heather Locklear character and just be mean or because you were really the good girl? You were the sweet the person. Yeah. 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 I did. Then there was a little bit of a time where they tried to like, we'll try together to give Jane a little more of a backbone. And it worked. But, you know, first of all, Heather played that character so well. Heather's so good at playing a likable bitch like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right like, he's so adorable and darling and she can say something and you're still like oh my god you're so cute and so you know she just she's really talented at that type of character um I could not do that and I think keeping Jane the nice girl and I think it was really important in that show because there was so much else going on and I think it also was good for my career too, in a way, because it, it didn't stereotype me. It allowed me to get a lot of beauty campaigns and a lot of magazine covers just because I stayed sort of that nice classic girl next door. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm happy to have, to have had that. I liked Jane. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the yeah. Things, one of the things when I was, you know, doing some research was I didn't know that you had actually auditioned for, to play Robert De Niro's daughter at the same time you were up for Melrose place and you chose Melrose place over that was that I mean that's crazy it was it was I mean it's always exciting when you get a role right when you're an actor and you're putting yourself out there and I worked so hard on my interviews and um yeah but Melrose was picked up for 13 and I'm I mean I I guess I didn't think I was practical at that age but I guess I I kind of was because what you know my role was really small yes it was a film but I was drawn to tv because I knew that as much as I love to travel, I was also married. I knew we were going to have kids. I wanted, you know, a family life. That's who I am. I'm in Seattle. I have so much family here. And I knew that TV would allow me to have that kind of life. And that's why I picked it. It was, you know, kind of amazing to think at such a young age, but I knew that it, that movie wouldn't probably catapult me into. Yeah. What movie was that. it? I can't, I can't, I can't even see, we remember. Don't, and you know, it's Robert De Niro, but we don't remember that movie. I'm like, what yeah. movie did he have a daughter in? You know? yeah, he had a daughter in a lot of movies. Yeah, we well, did. Yeah. Around yeah. 92. I have to think about that. But I just remember I saying, wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. Think about it how different your career people. might have been. No, I know. Yeah. And I've always heard someone say in acting that if the gods ever look down on you and give you a series, 
you you grab that series yeah. and you stay with it and you That's stay right. with it. Yeah. Would because you like it will not be forever? Yes. Would you yeah. like to do another series? We are going to leave you there with part one of our interview with Josie Bissett. Tune in on Wednesday for part two, where we talk about the, her children's book, The Tickle Monster, which is a very popular children's book, her new projects, living a healthy lifestyle, and yes, even menopause. So make sure to tune in on Wednesday and subscribe to Hot Flashes and Quilt topics wherever you find your podcast because you don't want to miss a new episode. Until then, have a great day, guys. 